Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? I'm excellent. It's Friday, February 11th. It is the, I don't know, I have 34, 134. I can't ever keep that straight. No, yeah, it's hard. Things, so things just keep on flying by. Um, but we've got a big episode today because this is the episode before the Super Bowl. Yes. So we've got things to talk about related to that. And then we also have the NBA trade deadline, which has come and gone as of Thursday. And there was a bunch of a bunch of stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. People moving around. Yes. Particularly one one very pronounced beard. <laughs> yes. Moving uh moving from one northeastern town to another, as it goes from Brooklyn to uh, to Philly. Philly. So, without further ado, let's jump straight in. Where should we start? Do you want to start on the uh, the NBA and then move to the NFL, or do you want to do, let's let's do that? The NBA seems fine. Yeah, let's start let's with that. the NBA. All right, let's do it. So, trade deadline comes and goes. What happened? Yeah, I think the biggest deal was probably the James Harden yes, trade. We've been waiting, which we've been waiting for for quite some time now. Uh, and it was kind of confusing because it seemed like it wasn't going to happen, and then it did happen. Uh, the, I have the whole detail for that trade on um, yeah, Sports, so you guys can check all that out. But it, it was kind of a lopsided trade for the 76ers. Um, the, the Nets, or actually, yeah, sorry, for the Nets. The Nets received a lot more than the 76ers did. But uh, I think it was a little more to do with the fact that the, um, the Nets wanted to get uh, James Harden off their team, and uh, the 76ers wanted to get... Uh, um, ben Simmons off their team, so it just kind of came to a head in the form that they wanted to do a trade, and that ended up happening. Even though there was some back and forth on it, where some people said it wasn't going to happen, and some people said there was uh, that it was going to happen. Uh, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting thing to see exactly how that 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 pans out. Um, I mean, we have really no idea how it's going to pan out because uh, James Harden obviously hasn't played for uh, the 76ers yet, and uh, Ben Simmons has not played uh, for for the. Uh, for the Nets yet, so we really don't know how exactly that's going to work out. But you have to think after the Nets received all of those players that uh, they're just going to boost their roster a little bit more and make them in a uh, maybe even better situation than they were in pre- um, when James Harden was on their team. So I think they made a lot of good choices there. The Nets and the 76ers, that's really where those trades kind of start and end for them. They really weren't all that involved uh, uh, throughout the rest of it. I think that was probably the blockbuster that I think of like the, the main storyline yeah. everyone's covering. But the other teams that were kind of interesting, uh, I think, was the Celtics and, and their move of trading uh, Dennis Schroeder to uh, the Rockets, among uh, uh, also with two other players, uh, and then getting Daniel Tice back again. And he was on the Celtics a couple years ago before getting traded to the, I believe it was the Bulls, and then he got apparently traded to the Rockets, not too, uh, uh, not too, uh, I mean, kind of recently. Uh, and then they also did let's see i think they made another trade here recently yeah they also got Derek white from the spurs so they were also pretty involved i think the big storyline there was all was the move of dennis schroeder off their team uh, i guess they just wanted to add another uh big guy in, in the middle there another center uh especially after losing two of their centers i think he'd be more of a reserve center to kind of balance out uh williams and his and his gameplay which he's been doing really well on and then getting Derek white would also add a little bit more of a perimeter shooter and give the load off of uh jason tatum uh which is he's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the for this team and they really haven't done a whole lot uh, and they've had their fair share of struggles throughout the season so uh, and then the other thing they did was they traded um a couple of guys to the magic including a 2028 second round pick and cash in exhort in, uh, in exchange for a 2023 second round pick. So that's also going to be helpful for them in the long run. 
And then the last thing I wanted to cover, because I thought this was interesting, is the Clippers. I thought they did a good job uh, as far as the trade deadline was concerned because uh, I was watching their game, the newest game, where Covington and Powell, who they traded before the deadline, before Thursday, I think it was like Wednesday, that um, that Portland made that deal, and we covered it on the podcast, where they made that deal. And I think it was a really good deal for them, especially because Powell does a great job of getting rebounds for you. Uh, making plays for you, but he's also a really good three-point shooter, and I think that was one of the things that Portland really liked about him when they made that trade uh, with Ronnie Hood and uh, Gary Trent to Toronto to get him on their on their roster, and then uh, ended up trading them away to the Clippers. But I think the Clippers are really going to use him to his full effect, and I think he's going to be able to balance out a really good roster, uh, including um, Paul George, um, uh, Marquise Morris, and then also. Uh, Reggie Jackson are all on that team along with him. And then obviously Covington, who's more a three-point guy, but also has some height, so he can definitely make some plays in the rebound game. So I think that's going to be helpful. And then also they decided to uh, move um, – where they decided to get also uh, Rodney Hood, which was a, which I just mentioned was part of that trade to Milwaukee, where they got him uh, in a big deal between – uh, three team or four teams, which was the Kings, the Pistons, the Bucks, and the Clippers, all made some moves there. Serge Ibaka also left to go to the Bucks as part of that deal. Uh, so they kind of took a little bit of a beating there, but I think those would be more positive uh, for them. And obviously, we don't know a whole lot about exactly what's going to happen with all of these guys. Um, I think those are the strongest points. The other one you can maybe talk about a little bit is, is Portland, where they've got uh, a couple of. I think what they're trying to do is get bones. If you're Portland, you're trying to get bones of piece uh, bones of guys that then can be built around uh, for when a uh, for when a for when a rebuild does start happening, which it seems like it is after getting rid of CJ McCollum. It's good to have a it brings some of these guys back in. Uh, if you're Portland, um, including uh, Bledsoe, which they got from the Clippers in a in a, in a trade that they did, so I think that's going to be an interesting thing. And the, I think Portland and the Wizards both scream the fact that they're trying to do like a little bit of a rebuild thing. The Wizards did that and trade a lot of the players for either cash or or uh, or draft picks. Uh, and I think they're trying to get in the middle of that rebuild situation. I think there's a lot of interesting things that we're going to be t- uh, discussing further as, as the season goes on. Because obviously you can talk about these guys and what they're able to do for their other teams. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know what they're going to be able to do for their new team until you see them on the court and you have an extended period of time. So we'll be covering that in the next couple of weeks, especially as we get a better understanding of them. Yeah, but, we'll actually see them on the court with their new teams and see how they do. Which is kind of surprising. I think it's one of the interesting things that I'm starting to notice a little more about the, uh, the NBA is... When a trade happens, it's not like the NFL where they're immediately going to play the next game at their new team. It takes multiple days for them to get get all the way to their new team and actually see them on the court. So I was expecting to see some of these guys on the court already, but the only guys we've really seen is, like I said, the Norman Powell trade uh, where they actually got that finished. Where, But most of the other stuff, we haven't even seen them play. So I'm excited to see what Ben Simmons looks like on the Nets organization, especially with all these other guys that they traded along with him. I think that's probably where the most of attention is going to be focused, but I'm excited to see exactly how that plans out for him because I think he's going to definitely bring some physicality and some good defense to the Nets team. All right, well, let's jump over back to the NFL. Um, as I said, this will uh, will be one of the, the last uh, discussions that we get to have about the, uh, the season as we head toward the Super Bowl. And yes, indeed. Next time we talk, we'll be talking about the results of that game. <laughs> yes. Um, but last night, uh, the NFL had their NFL honors ceremony where they give out all these, like, awards, you know, Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, all of those things, all shamelessly promoted or, or, uh, or sponsored by a different brand. For example, Pepsi's Rookie of the Year or... Yes. The AP Defensive Player of the Year presented by Castrol Edge. Yeah, so they're getting lots of corporate 
airtime in there for these guys. But uh, back to what really matters, which are these players that were awarded um, various uh, acknowledgments of their their uh, their performance this season. So rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. Any surprise there? Not really. I mean, I think that's what we all expected because he's really boosted his his team to new heights. Got him pretty much the Super Bowl pretty much by himself. Really boosted this Bengals team that were good last season but wasn't great and now this season they've turned into what you would expect from a team like that has Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase on the exact same squad yeah. so I was happy that he got it good for him yep and he also got the AP's offensive rookie of the year so there must be like I don't know it's like each company has their own like designation what is this they got ap and regular apparently. yeah i don't know what that's about um so but anyway let's kind of rip through these cooper cup offensive player of the year yeah i expected that yeah, i think he had a big season. Had a monster season for himself yep rookie of the year on the defensive side of the ball micah parsons of course that's not super that's not surprising. surprising either I think um, comeback player of the year. I think I called this one. You did, uh, yeah. You to go back did to a the hot tape. take there. Yeah, he said the uh, Joe Burrow's going to come back and win the offense or the comeback player of the year. And he is still writing the season. So it was weird. Like, like one of the things about this reward I was thinking about is like how at the beginning of the season everyone was talking about Dak Prescott and how he was going to be mm-hmm. the, the uh, comeback player of the year. He's playing high. He's doing all the best stuff he could possibly do. His team's playing well. And then he hit about the mid part of the season, and all of a sudden Jamar Chase is playing the best ball of his career. Well, obviously he's a rookie, but I'm saying college and NFL. He's starting to play really well. He's he's doing everything he needs to do. And then all of a sudden Joe Burrow gets launched into that into that spot, and then because they're in the Super Bowl, I think that's a large part why he got the reward. But I think it's or award. I think it's interesting how how that works. Like how like the the supporting cast plays just as much as uh, as who how you play to get one of these awards, uh, especially like a yeah. comeback player. Because without that, without it the helps Jamar to have draft, the offensive rookie of the year on your team. Exactly. Without that yeah. draft pick, or yeah, without that draft pick, I don't know if we would be saying that Joe uh, Joe Burrow is a uh, Super Bowl quarterback, let alone a comeback player of the year. Yeah. Well, a couple other highlights. So Dan Quinn, former Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator and current Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, got assistant coach of the year. Did he get a coaching job? No, he said to Dallas, I'm staying. I'm He's not staying in going Dallas. anywhere. All right. Good Which deal. I think is probably a strategic plan because he thinks Mike McCarthy could be gone in the next yeah. couple of years. He's like, I'll just, just take my chances here. Just wait that job out. Yeah. Uh, TJ Watt got the uh, sack leader award. Which, yeah, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady with the uh, the FedEx Aaron Ground Players of the Year that uh, I guess Put is like a, a quarterback there. and a running back. So it's Tom Brady from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, and Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. This is one I disagree with. Okay. Put Aaron Rodgers as the, ground, uh, or as oh, the FedEx Air Player of the Year, well, not he got MVP. MVP so. No, boo. Second year in a row. Who, who did you think was supposed to get MVP? Uh, Tom Brady. And he thought Tom Brady, huh? but he didn't, he didn't take it. Statistically, he has yeah. the best uh, year that he's had in all of his 22 years, yeah. and he's the oldest he's been ever, and yeah. he breaks a bunch of records. He's yeah. first in everything. He retires, and you can't even give the decency of giving him MVP. Yeah. This is the last year he could have gotten the MVP award when he gave it to Aaron Rodgers. Didn't like that, huh? Aaron Rodgers. He's got multiple years left. You he's think? Not, he's not, Maybe. Well, you don't know that. Likely. He could retire. I'm just saying, Joe Burrow, or or not Joe Burrow, sorry, Tom Brady should have gotten that MVP reward, and they should have swipped, uh, swapped spots. 100%. Okay. Uh, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, this is uh, for fellas that do good in their community, um, went to the Los Angeles Rams offensive tackle, Andrew Whitworth. That's a good one. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Yep, that's a good I one. I like that one. All right. 
So those were your uh, those were your 2021 NFL Honors Awards. Yeah. Nothing really. Aaron Rodgers is too the biggest surprising. one in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know one. why he got doubled up in MVP. I thought yeah. he didn't play well as well as as Tom Brady. Okay. Neither made it all the Super Bowl. All right. Well, Joe Burrow should have been the MVP. Maybe. Because I mean, he's got all the way to the Super Bowl with a banged up team and just yeah. got off a big injury. Maybe they should have considered yeah. him for that. Struggling offensive line. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. So this weekend we get to see the Los Angeles Rams take on who are they playing again the Bengals mm, that's right Joe <laughs> surprise, and surprise. the Bengals surprise surprise all right so what do we think uh I mean I was saying about this one for a long time about who who would get, who's gonna win this game uh there, there's variables on both sides I think it's gonna be one of those things that it just really depends on who can come out of the gate swinging and can the the uh the ramp slow down jamar chase in an effective manner and make sure he can't get hot quick i think the kansas city chiefs did a good job of keeping jamar chase contained but he they did a bad job keeping one else contained tyler boyd had a really big game in that uh in that particular game against kansas city and really kind of helped them win uh they really couldn't get to joe burrow so that's gonna have to be a point of emphasis especially for aaron donald and Devon miller when you have a guy like that on your defensive line it kind of feels like it's a given that they're going to get at least two or three sacks in this game i just feel like that's going to be something that it's going to happen i feel like the offensive line has its ups and has its downs had a good uh, good little run against Kansas City, but Kansas City was able to bleed through there and get a couple of um, tackles for losses. So I think it's just going to be amplified, especially with the defensive line that they uh, that the Rams have. Um, I think that Joe Burrow. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to start out cold. I think they're going to uh, start out with a big uh, halftime deficit, maybe of ten. Seven ten points because they're going to be the uh, the Rams are going to find, look like they have all the answers. They're going to get to Joe Burrow. They're going to get to Joe Mixon. They're going to stop Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd might get open every now and again. They might get the quick passes, but they're going to rally to the football and make the correct stops. I think Jalen Ramsey and, and Jamar Chase is going to be a really fun matchup to watch. I think he's going to shut them down for the most part. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to do a good job of leading his offense. I think especially when you have a Cooper Cup uh, who got reward, awarded uh, last night as well, uh, you're going to have some success. And then OB. And Vaughn, uh, Van Jefferson, uh, and uh, the three running back rotation that they're going to be having. It's just going to all be beneficial, and they're going to be able to ground the ball, and then they're also going to be used the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just got to make sure they get the open pass. Um, uh, I saw a breakdown of the film against uh, when the Bengals played Kansas City where Patrick Mahomes just completely misses guys uh, and he gets too antsy in the pocket and doesn't kind of relax in there and ends up making the wrong choice with the football. Make sure you make the right choice of football. Don't hold it too long. Get to the guy. Let it let the play develop, but don't over let it develop and make the right play. I think he can do that. I think he's really shown what type of quarterback he is, uh, especially against the Tampa Buccaneers, actually um, pretty much blowing that defense open wide and making some really good plays. And I think that defense is uh, at least two or three times better than the Cincinnati Bengals one is because they're still pretty young and still learning each other. So, like I said, I think they'll jump out to a 7-10 to 10 point uh, lead at the beginning of halftime, and then they'll come out of halftime, and Joe Burrow will suddenly have the biggest quarter uh, for, of the season, and then John Mar Chase will probably start to take a little bit of advantage of the of the aggressive Jalen Ramsey uh, and make some big plays for himself. Tyler Boyd will kind of come into his own if he has to, depending on what the way the game's going. I think he's going to have to be a big part of the game as well and make his own plays in order to have success. Um, and then obviously establish a run game. Uh, but I think it's going to be one of those things where they're going to try to establish a, a run game in the first half, but it's going to ha- do the most damage uh, at the beginning of the second half. And they'll march in the field uh, and give a little bit of a headache to the Rams defense end up scoring 
and stopping Matthew Stafford, giving him a little bit of a, a problem, getting after him a little bit, making him make some mistakes like he's been making. Uh, probably, I don't think they'll get an interception, but I think they'll be able to stop him uh, on, on three downs a couple times, especially at the beginning. And then they're going to get all the way. Uh, and then at the fourth quarter, at the very end of the game, I think it's going to be uh, where um, Cincinnati is going to get all the way up and they're going to be right there. And the Rams are going to orchestrate one last drive and kick that extra uh, or that field goal and end up winning the game by three points. Uh, I think that's going to be one of those games because the more you watch uh, Cincinnati play, the more you realize that you can't count against them. Uh, I've tried two times in my predictions. Two of my three losses that I had in, um, were me picking the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Both times I was completely wrong. Uh, so I don't think you can completely count out a Cincinnati team. I believe this game is going to be completely different than what we normally expect a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think it's going to give you your money's worth if you're willing to buy those really expensive tickets and uh, in the six to $20,000 range. If you're willing to buy that, I think you're going to get your money's worth. Even if you sit yep. on your couch and you watch it, you're still going to get your money's worth. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I just think if you look at the guys and the weapons that Cincinnati has offensively, I believe they can stand their own and hold their own. They just got to go through the rough patches that usually manifest itself in the first half. If they get over the hump, they're going to be able to do well, uh, and they've got to let Matthew Stafford make mistakes because we've seen it multiple times throughout the playoffs where he's not always perfect on his pass. Sometimes they're behind. Sometimes they're too high. Sometimes they make the wrong choice of where to throw the football. Sometimes there's fumbles. There's all these things, especially with Cam Akers. He fumbles the football. We saw in the Tampa Bay game. He's got to be careful to hold on to the football and not make mistakes, and so does Cooper Cup because we've seen times where this team just drops the football. So if you let the Rams make mistakes, you can crawl back into the game, but when they make these mistakes, you have to capitalize on those mistakes to have success in this type of football game. So I, weather's not, obviously not going to be a factor. Fans could be a factor depending on how well Cincinnati fans travel. Uh, if they travel well enough, we could see mostly black and orange as opposed to uh, blue and blue and white or blue and yellow, depending mm-hmm. on the color combination there. But Yeah, L.A. fans, they don't, they don't travel well. You know, they got to get from, you know, from one part of the city to the other exactly, part of the right? city. And it's that's a, a struggle. Lot. It's a struggle. That's a lot. There's too many things to distract you. Too many things. And especially those ticket price points. I mean, yeah. if you're spending all that money, you might as well just go do something else <laughs> and watch it at watch it wherever you're going to watch it at home, uh, at one of the places you're at, whatever it might be. But they've got to travel well for this particular game. you got to get behind Matthew Stafford. you got to get behind these players because uh, most of these guys— Well, the Super Bowl is supposed to be a neutral field, you know. And there's gonna be a lot of corporate interest. There's a lot of corporations I mean, that buy the tickets. Technically, you're supposed to have it. It's national, na- so like everybody wants neutral. to go. Right, game. exactly. But it's supposed to be neutral, but it's at home for SoFi, right? Mm-hmm. So you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta be behind your you gotta be behind yeah. your team, which they have failed to do countless times uh, during the playoffs. Every home game that the Rams have had, it's been majority of the other yep. team, which is super weird. Uh, luckily, they were able to win even with the uh, with their fans hating on them like that. But we'll see. I think it'll be an interesting game. Hopefully the uh, home team can pull off a victory for the second time in the row and start a, a movement. <laughs> so what's your what's your prediction? Uh, Rams by three. Rams by three. But do you have a score? Uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a, a middle-of-the-road scoring game. Uh, I, I think, let's see, I think it's going to be 21-24. 21-24. Rams. Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the question is whether or not Joe Burrow is going to have his like uh, fairy tale Cinderella story ending here. 
I just I just don't see it. Ha- it's the biggest stage, right? Mm-hmm. You can talk about the fact that like he oh he played the national championship and he won with Jamar mm-hmm. Chase, blah blah blah. But it's the Super Bowl, so there's no way the nerves are not going to get to him. Uh, and, just think that and there's Rams just experience. It, huh? they, well, all their players are very Von Miller. He played in the Super yeah, know, Bowl. Uh, a lot of the, Cooper Cup. He's played in the Super Bowl. A lot of yeah. these guys. Sean no, McVay. He's coached couple, in the Super Bowl. Ago, right? When Jerry Goff took him, all these guys, majority of them were still there. Yeah. With the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, they've got guys like Joe Burrow and yeah. Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. These guys haven't experienced playoff runs. I mean, or Super Bowl runs. So there's going to be nerves. They're going to have to be able to quiet those nerves, but I think it's going to take at least a half before that happens. A lot of Cincinnati fans are going to go through some highs and some lows in this game, but unfortunately they're going to end on the low. I think it's going to be Rams going to pull the hearts out of the (laughs) Cincinnati fans. Cincinnati fans. All right. Well, I think you're probably right. I don't disagree with you. I think, um, you know, if the games that we've had so far in the playoffs, which have been phenomenal, this year's playoff games have been just unreal all of them like three or less points i mean it's like <laughs> exactly like most of these games have come down to a field goal crazy so i mean so i would imagine the super bowl you know it could have a similar style ending um and i i i think i agree that the uh, the ingredients are probably there for the rams as much as people might want to see joe burrow get there and get his super bowl this fast in his career uh if he doesn't my guess is he'll be back again and the fun part about this is for rams fans uh, which I'm starting to be adopting the Rams as my team for the NFC is. Uh, I think it'd be fun to watch them be able to hold on to all these players because if they win, I believe they hold on to 95% of the players they have right now. If they lose, some of these veteran guys could just be like, all right, I want to hang it up and not play anymore, go to a different team, try to uh, wipe the slate clean or whatever. It's going to decide a lot of the factors for this Rams team. And it could be very lethal or it could be very good for the uh, for the Rams team because if a lot of these players walk like normal – like normally happens when you lose a Super Bowl with a team like this is they don't have any draft picks left over in the first round or whatever, and they don't have the ability to trade yeah, those kinda, first round draft picks. Built to do it now, so or... it's like basically win now, hold on to all your players, don't, and you're screwed, and you're going to be in the middle of a rebuild yeah. for the next two, three years while you wait for all your first round picks to finally come back. Uh, so that's another positive and another thing that the Rams sh- or Ram fans should be cheering extra loud so their team can be held together for a couple more years while they wait for the draft choices to come back because like we mentioned before they have invested a lot into the super bowl they've invested a lot of money a lot of equity and a lot of draft choices so hopefully it works out for them all right here we go right yeah indeed. all right when we spoke last you and i uh we had a trivia question yes uh which was um the super bowl that featured the two oldest coaches. Yeah, so this year is going to be the two youngest coaches to right. uh, find the, or face off in the Super Bowl. What was the when was the last time the two oldest right. faced off in the Super Bowl? Right. And so I wanted to, you know, I think my guess is got a couple opportunities at it. Yeah, and the problem is I don't know all the coaching. You know, obviously, if I knew all the coaching matchups, it'd be easier. But, right. Of course. Uh, so I had wanted to say maybe Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick when they played uh, in that one. I guess it was fifteen. That Super Bowl. Yeah, that's Super a while Bowl. ago. That's, that's a while ago. That's ago. that's incorrect. Um, that's not the correct answer. And then I wanted to say something about like Coughlin, Coughlin. Uh, and Belichick. That's also incorrect. But that's also a long time. Okay. So Andy Reid and um Oh, who was this last and uh and 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 uh Bruce Bruce Arians in the, this. The last Super Bowl you're talking about? 
Yeah. The Chiefs versus the Bucks. That's right. That would be correct. Wow, I did that it. That is the one that had the Oh, that one coaches. came to me. That that one that one just came to me while I'm standing here in the booth. So that that is that is the correct answer. Because I was like, oh, wait a second. Arians is pretty old. And yeah, I was saying, so that thinking. means that last Super Bowl was the oldest. oldest. Two, now it's the youngest. And now we got the youngest yes. too. How so that's fitting. a little bit that's a little exciting right there. I thought How that was fitting. so interesting that, that that's that's what ends up happening. Yeah. Well, there you go. In two two years in a row we got the Home team playing at their stadium. Yeah, that's, that's a cool right. factoid. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to this Super Bowl. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm All right. For it. Very good. Listeners, if you haven't subscribed, please do that by mashing on that subscribe button. All right, man. Good talking. Yeah. We'll fun. talk soon. Yeah. Listeners, thanks for listening. God bless. See you. See you.